0: We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I'm Julia Ploege with the
1: Nebraska
2: Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures.
0: Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. I'm going to start this episode out with asking Megan and Rachel a question first, before we even introduce this week's um, guest. And I want to start off asking you ladies, what is the single most reason that you go hunting? And I'll pass the mic over to Rachel first. What's what's the single most reason that you go hunting?
1: So... I was pondering this all morning, quite honestly. And, and solitude is, is really why I go. It sounds very singular, right? But I I actually enjoy pheasant hunting probably the most, but it's weird even when you're walking in a group um, just that that solitude and peace that I find that's that's mine
2: Megan what about you I would probably echo you Rachel quite a bit um, do enjoy just getting out there being able to relax unwind unplug just sit there in nature feeling either the cool or warm breeze depending on what time of year it is and just watching wildlife um, at its finest and in mother nature at its finest but also um, now with a, a just turned six-year-old last week. Um, super excited about getting her out there and and starting to have some of those experiences with me and being able to share that with her. I've had her in the blind a couple times now over the years, and and she's doing really good, and she's super excited and, and wants to get out this fall with me as well.
0: As mothers, the three of us are moms. We, I bet we find ourselves outdoors, hiding from the chaos and hectic schedules, both from, you know, we love our jobs, but Sometimes we need that little getaway. And you know, myself, I, I find hunting to go outside and to relax, to escape that chaos, to escape the hectic schedule. And as moms ourselves, you know, while we look forward to, just as Megan said, you know, I'm, I'm excited to take my soon-to-be 11-year-old um, hunting with me. And on the other hand, I enjoy sitting in the blind by myself, um, you know, feeling that breeze, listening to the birds wake up in the morning, uh, starting to hear the turkeys gobble, uh, the rustle of the squirrels mocking you during deer season, and just watching the sunrise. Just a lot of solitude out there, as Rachel said. I asked these two this question because it It's leading into today's conversation. You have three of us all leaned on the hunting world for ways of relaxation and and, and a peace, a sense of peace, a sense of security, even a new challenge. And so this week's guest uh, is Amanda Peters. She found hunting to be her happy place. Uh, And when you hear her story, you will understand her need or desire for a happy place. So welcome, Amanda, to the show.
3: Hi, guys.
0: I first caught Amanda's story on our local news here in Lincoln TV channel. And literally, I was, I don't know, I think I was getting ready for the morning. I was hearing kids screaming in the background. And I heard this female voice talking and sharing her hunting story. And I, like, paused all of a sudden because... You know, that that clicked to me. I, I, I had to hear this. Again, then I heard her story as she was interviewed outdoor Nebraska radio. A program here in Lincoln that's it's a statewide program that Erin Hirschberger and Jeff Rawlinson do and again she shared her story there it is not very often that we hear someone talking about hunting on the local news let alone you know a female sharing the story but I'm not going to share that story we're going to have her do that and that's what we're going to do today Megan Rachel and I are going to ask her some questions and we're going to hear how hunting has become her
3: happy place. So again, welcome. Awesome, thank you. Honestly, thank you guys so much for having me. This is such a cool thing that you're doing. To be sitting here on a Wednesday morning talking about hunting with a group of women is incredible. I mean, this is so (laughs) cool. Um, it It is a rarity and I don't have a lot of female friends that hunt, so this is such a cool opportunity. So thank you guys, I really appreciate it. Yeah, my name is Amanda Peters. I am a born and raised Nebraska girl. And yes, I am a cardiac ICU nurse at Brian East. Uh, this is year six on um, ICU for me. And yeah, it's been a wild ride.
1: <laughs> I honestly can only imagine, Amanda. I mean, I, I think I speak for the three of us when I say that we, we all have certainly watched the news this past year. Couldn't get away from it, right? And and healthcare workers were certainly in the forefront of every conversation. So, um, before we really get into your story and what has your experience been like this last year, um, I, I'm sure that's a, a very open-ended question. But if you can if you can bring it down and just I don't know, bring us into a normal day because I'm sure there are so many normal days, right?
3: (laughs) Uh, Yes, very normal, very expected. Uh, (laughs) You know, being an ICU nurse in 2020, like truly, there was nothing that could have prepared us for what we were going to do and see on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. It was incredibly challenging. It forced us all to. Um, to think differently, to act differently, in every single scenario that we were faced with. Um, It was very hard. It was, it was, I I saw some of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my life. And like I said, nothing leading up to this, even my six years of ICU experience could have possibly prepared me, you know, people losing their parents and their children and A lot of my patients were younger than me um, and did not survive. So it was, I have like goosebumps actually kind of saying that out loud. (laughs) It, uh, It, there, there was no expectations for when you walked into that building on a daily basis, you truly face something new every day. But honestly, I work with the most incredible team. Brian is an incredible hospital to work for. And they really went out of their way to show us that we were appreciated and and to take, to try to take care of us and give us the resources and tools that we really needed to be safe um, and take, take good care of our community. I truly think one of the hardest things was seeing my team just be faced with all the different phases of of burnout that you see and the exhaustion and the, a lot of tears. And, but it, it kind of bonded us together. We're like a family almost now. Um, you don't see those things and it goes through those experiences without becoming really close to your team. So I am grateful for that for sure.
2: Yeah, man, I just can't imagine the level of stress that you and your team and all the healthcare workers and public safety folks went through and endured this past year. I've, I've had a little taste myself doing um, some public safety work, being a reserve peace officer, being a conservation officer for a little bit, my time and then having to go through some of those stressful situations. And, and it's, it's, refreshing to be able to see that you can still have a smile on your face after this and and you have to i mean and, and a lot of folks that aren't in those situations just don't understand what you have to do to get through those types of situations mentally physically and being able to to laugh and and shed some tears and like you said form that bond with your your coworkers. that's just so critical to being able to get through it so that you can go home and, and, and be with your family as well um, and and that's probably what's been hard for a lot of you as well not being able to spend the time with your your family and, and when you do you have to be so careful now. So it doesn't preclude you from going back to work. So that's the part I think I would struggle the most with is just having to, to spend that time away from, from my family or isolated so that I can continue to do my job and, and help um, save others' lives. So kudos to you, Amanda. Thank you. Definitely appreciate all that you've done this past year. So now to get to, into maybe a little bit more of the, the fun things or, or how you got through your your past and, and how did the outdoors, how did you find the outdoors and how did they, that help you get through 2020?
3: You know, there is something so magical about being outdoors in any scenario, whether you're hunting or just going through a walk for a walk in your neighborhood. I mean, truly there's, it's like watch it's stepping into a world that is not our own. And there's something so incredible about that. I don't have to think about anything going on in my current world. You know, it's like, Julia, you were saying it's like hiding, we're going to hide. (laughs) And that's what I really leaned on. And I had the opportunity to do it with my dad. And after everything that we've seen this past year, that having those memories with my dad is something that I will Cherish for the rest of my life. It's so important to spend that time with your family, like you were saying. And um, I feel really blessed that I was able to do that.
0: So we're going to talk about your, your hunt with your dad. And that to my understanding is where your interview started with the radio and TV and your dad as mentor enter your picture of you deer hunting through the take them hunting challenge um, so what the take them ha- hunting challenge is it is through Nebraska game and parks it is an effort to encourage mentoring it's encouraged to take someone out hunting for the first time and it was so cool that your dad turned in that picture through that challenge and so you know, tell
3: us about that. Tell us about that picture. What happened in that picture? To share the story. Of- yeah, absolutely. That was such a special hunt with my dad. That was my first whitetail, and the work leading up to that picture, you guys know, um, it was not easy. <laughs> there were when dad and I hunt, we we hunt like three hours from here, and so we don't get to go very often, and so we put in the hours. We are in the blind. Sun up to sundown, 12 hours a day, you know, hauling all of our, our, our packs and our gear and the blinds on our backs. And uh, we really, really worked for it. And that in itself is very important to me too. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand is how much work, I mean, seriously, goes into harvesting these animals. So, yes, dad and I um, had hunted all week. We saw a lot of incredible things, um, none of which were dear. <laughs> so uh, that it was like the final day, um, the final day of rifle. Um, sun was going down. Uh, we were getting a little concerned that, you know, I wasn't going to get a deer, which was fine. I still had all those memories with my dad. And like I said, we saw, I kind of wish we were turkey hunting at that point because we saw hundreds. Of That's the case. I mean,
0: that is so often the case when you're turkey hunting, you see deer, when you're deer hunting, you see turkeys. And like I mentioned in the beginning, the squirrels that score, squirrel, you know, like they're taunting you. Yes. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> you don't see that in those pictures of you smiling
3: <laughs> no, no you don't <laughs> so yes we uh we finally got a deer um kind of in my in my sights and so I'm getting lined up and it was it, it was it's really cool to look back and know that my dad was right there next to me in my ear guiding the shot you know and I'm telling you know all right we don't see anything else you know I'm lined up and I'm ready and um, before I took the shot I made sure to tell my dad to put in his earplugs <laughs> the true nurse in me <laughs> all right dad I'm gonna shoot put in your ear protection <laughs>
0: good point good point because my son didn't do that when I was rifle hunting and after I took the shot he uh, yeah he wish he had covered his ears. Now that was last year. This year I said, cover your ears and he did. And it helped.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's so important. (laughs) So yeah, you know, we, uh, hiked down and, and went to find her and it was a lot of high fives and hugs and just a celebratory moment with my dad before any pictures were taken before anything was documented. It's just like this most wholesome memory that I have hugging my dad after, getting my first whitetail.
1: It's such a cool story. Um I, I think I think a lot of us can can relate to that feeling of just enjoyment with hunting with someone and and it really stresses the the importance of that mentorship. Um, all of our states Kansas, Nebraska and Iowa have some sort of a mentoring program and and we can't we can't push that enough. Um, I I think as a new hunter, sometimes it's so daunting to ask. And I certainly have been in that situation where it's like, this hunting thing sounds cool. I I like eating the food, but uh, how do you do it? What do you, what do you, what do you do? How do you do this thing? And, and I think a lot of times, you know, we, we think of this very formal, like, will you mentor me? You know, no, it can be very relaxed and, and we have the natural, you know, mentorship that you got to experience with your dad, which is awesome. But many of us, like myself, don't have a father or a a grandfather that hunted and it's foreign to us. So as you get into your hunting career, I want to challenge our listeners. Also, if you're thinking of of doing this, ask someone, uh, don't be afraid. They can only say no, or they might say not this season, next season. Hey, I'm not really that great of a turkey hunter. Uh, when, do you want to come deer hunt with me or, Hey, come walk with us as hunting. So I just want to just kind of remind our listeners that this doesn't have to just be Amanda's story. Your story could sound very similar The just an opportunity. So I do have to ask Amanda, had you been hunting before last year?
3: Um, I had, so I started hunting in 2019 with my dad. You bring up such a good point. I am 30 years old and I had not been hunting until that point because it is intimidating. You don't know. And and it is a lot of work sometimes to take a new person, at least in, um, in my eyes. So that's why I was afraid to ask. And of course, you know, looking back now, my dad was like almost in tears. He was so excited (laughs) that finally one of his kids wanted to like take up the sport with him. Yeah. Just ask. It's, you never know who is going to be, who's going to jump at the opportunity. You know, my dad always says there's multiple stages to hunting. There's kind of that first stage where you get, you know, you go for the first time and you get your first victory. And then you take someone new and you, you kind of call in an animal for them. And then the last stage is you calling it in for yourself or something like that. So he enjoys going with me and mentoring me more so than he enjoys hunting for himself anymore. Um, which I think is such a cool thing for him to experience, to experience too. So, uh, yes, I um, had started hunting with Dad in 2019, um, and it was turkey season. And I, I really had always had an interest, and I had gone a couple times with friends and just like sat in the blind. I, I was never um, holding the gun or the bow, and I, I just wanted to go experience it and and kind of watch what happened. And then finally in 2019, I said, dad, I think I want to go turkey hunting with you. And he about fell out of his chair. He was like, oh my God. Um, So I I was able to get my first turkey in 2019. We did a lot of preparation and he um, took me to shoot quite a bit with targets. So I knew what I was doing and, but yeah, then I had not, Gone deer hunting or anything until this like the take them hunting challenge picture was posted. Yeah, Dad and I will go out again for turkey season this year and uh, hopefully have some more success. <laughs> it's,
1: it's so awesome and and for your dad to kind of relive that that first again, right? You know, he probably had his first you know insert the animal um, insert that harvest so so many years ago that now he kind of gets to relive it again and. And I think sometimes people are, are daunted a little bit by, by taking an adult because, you know, Oh, well, I'm not a professional. Well, none of us are right. We're all constantly learning. We're all, you know, constantly asking why, and it's not why because I want a question or I want to, to debate it. It's why, because I, I genuinely don't understand. Like I, you know I, I could very easily pack a bag to go for a hike. I could very easily pack a bag to go camp overnight. I could very easily pack a bag to go snowboard for the day. But we're gonna go pheasant hunting. You know, you got the like the big old wide eyes like I have no idea what I need. So it's uh it's it's awesome. And and I know nationally we're we're seeing a lot of of women entering into um, the hunting world. So we're we're seeing I think the stats if Julia reminds me, it's about 24% increase for women nationally. Um, and, and 50% of those are are brand new. So, so we, as, uh, as hunters, which I think also for a newer hunter is is just accepting and, and calling yourself a hunter is like a huge victory. I, I know Megan and I have had this conversation multiple times. I'm like, maybe I am one now, you know, like I'm not this, like, you know, Twenty-something blonde, that's a hundred pounds sitting in the front of this magazine cover. But uh, I think I identify with with that person now. So um, so it's it's so fun, and like you mentioned, to sit around with with three other ladies. We are all adult hunters, if you will. Like, none of us got into it until our our twenties and thirties, really. So it's it's cool to to have you on with us talking and just reminding folks that you don't have to come from that that hunting background to do it, that, that you can be an ER nurse, right? You can, you can have any other passion or, or, um, or employment background and, and just escape and, and enjoy yourself out here. So
2: some really good points in the conversation. And, and I think with women and especially mothers and, and folks that are women that are getting involved in hunting later in life, that it does take a little bit longer to to feel that comfort to to identify yourself as a hunter but i think also i think we're poised to go faster through the stages of a hunter. You kind of touched on that a little bit, Amanda, when you're talking about your dad. Now he's more excited to take you or someone else out there doing it. And I, I found that, um, I have a similar story as, as all of you. I got involved in in hunting uh, later in life because my dad and grandpa had given that up by the time I was uh, born as they moved off the family farm and into town and and whatnot so um i found myself that you know sure i went through that excitement stage and the thrill of getting out there and getting my first harvest and stuff but i never really got into that trophy stage where i needed to go after that big buck or go after that that prize-winning tom um and i i moved quickly into getting others involved because i i found that excitement and and it's now my passion and maybe that's why i'm looking so much forward to getting my daughter out there, because I'm more excited about her getting something than than myself. So um, I think that's one thing that uh, at least I've seen for for women that um, I think is kind of cool and and unique and probably goes along with a lot of our motherhood skills and stuff like that. But we we seem to get to that stage a lot faster and and enjoy sharing that experience with with others um, sooner but we've, we've heard a little bit about your, your hunting stories and we're definitely going to dive into those a little bit deeper, but I'm curious to see what other outdoor activities that you like to do, uh, to unwind and, and get some solitude yourself or even enjoy with your family.
3: Um, truthfully, like I was saying earlier, I, I love anything outdoors, anything from taking a walk in my neighborhood, um, to hunting and everything in between. Um, but I would say my, favorite outdoor activities is anything on the water. I love being at the lake. I love boating, Um, even just sitting by the water. There is like so much peace and solitude that I find in that. It's like if I could live by the ocean, it would be, if there was an ocean in Nebraska, it would be like I'd be set. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I really love doing anything. I love going to the mountains and snowboarding. It's truly just being submerged into an environment, into something that is so much bigger than yourself—the mountains, the ocean, the lakes, the the forest, the woods—it's um, very humbling. So
0: again, completely agree with what you you know you're expressing and through your stories and experience,
3: and taking a step back
0: to what Megan was talking about—you know, taking someone out hunting, just as in your dad, you know, as a mom, just like Megan has talked. You know, I'm I'm super excited to be able to take that my son out with me, sit in the blind, and and allow that opportunity for him to get his own shot or harvest, and that opportunity that I will just that is my hunt is is mentoring somewhere, and the same thing with your dad as well, and and knowing that um, our children are absorb absorbing everything around them and that that true hunting experience, so. And you know, I too love everything outdoors and water. I, I think maybe Branch Oak is about as close as we have to an ocean here close to Lincoln, yeah. Nebraska, but hey, you know, we'll take it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so in addition to um, the enjoyment and the solitude that you're experiencing outdoors. Another component that caught my attention on your hunt is where you hunted. Um, The the actual harvest itself, what you harvested. And our listeners may have caught this a few minutes ago when she said, when we went to find her. Megan and Rachel and I were not out there for the, the trophy harvest. And when Amanda said her, that to me tells that Amanda also is not out there for that trophy big buck harvest per se. Her trophy harvest is more so in the conservation efforts. Uh, Tell us about where you hunted and what your harvest was.
3: Um, You're absolutely right, Julia. I really do pride myself on You know, I knew if I was going to get into hunting, I was going to do it the right way Um, and I was going to follow the conservationalist route. I was going to do it as ethically as possible um, and really honor these animals and honor the sport. So we are so lucky to be able to hunt on a local farmer's land and he had expressed to us that he was really struggling with the doe population. Um, and I quote, he said, they are eating him out of house and home. Um, I'm sure a lot of farmers, a lot of landowners can understand that. So, um, to me, that really resonated with me and it no longer became about, about the trophy hunt. You're absolutely right. It really did become about how can I help this farmer? How can I do something that benefits me and my mental health, but also benefits this local landowner. Um, So that is when the decision was made to harvest a doe, um, as opposed to kind of waiting out for that, that trophy buck. Um, And that in itself, it, it was so wholesome. And it was so rewarding to know that maybe a little part of our efforts helped him and, and thanked him for allowing us to even be on his property in the first place. Um, so yeah, I really, I really do value um, conservationalism and, and respecting the sport in any way possible.
0: We talk a lot on this podcast about respecting the landowners, how we ask the landowners, you know, right there, what you're talking about, is you know uh, you're going hunting on this land to uh, help the farmer out you're not there to find the biggest trophy buck you're there to truly help them out and farmers you know when landowners when when they hear those stories I think they're more open to extend their their land out to hunters like you because you're making a difference in so many different ways and we appreciate you for, for doing that because, you know, especially, you know, Nebraska, we have areas that are very, like you said, they the deer are eating them out of a house and a home. And there's one way of managing that and it is through hunting and us hunters, conservationists can support it through the, that way, through hunting season. So we thank you for that. Okay. I got to ask
1: burning question we've all been chatting about how uh <laughs> how excited we are for turkey season are you going out turkey see- hunting this season
3: oh absolutely Abs. I'm like literally counting down the days I think I put in my vacation for it like six months ago
1: <laughs> and then my follow-up question who are you hunting with
3: I'll be hunting with dad dear old dad <laughs> we, uh he started um you know, kind of texting me and calling me probably about a month ago, like, well, bring your clothes over, we're going to spray it down um, for ticks. And, uh, you know, let's, let's take your shotguns out, make sure we're all sighted in. And uh, we were just talking yesterday about how to prepare and what we're all going to bring. So I know he's so, so excited. It's just like our little weekend getaway.
2: (laughs) It's so exciting to hear. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's awesome to, to see you guys have that excitement and that bond. Um, even um, as you're entering your 30s, It's that's so cool because, you know, a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, don't even have that opportunity for that experience anymore. So definitely, like you mentioned, treasure that, Amanda, and, and more so than ever after what we've all um, seen and, and witnessed this past year. And we know COVID certainly hasn't gone away completely Um Things are definitely changing, and depending on what states you live in, some uh, some of the the restrictions may be lifting. But the, the the COVID hasn't went really anywhere yet. So in these uncertain times, do you have any advice for our listeners of you know how they can navigate and make their way through this next year, and anything they should be keeping in mind or taking consideration in?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There, it does feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we are starting to feel some of that relief at the hospital which is like so 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 great um but it is still alive and well um it it hasn't gone anywhere unfortunately um so i kind of what i preach to everybody is we are all living in very uncertain times even as things are starting to reopen again it's it's like a new level of uncertainty like does my state get a reopen do um, our mask regulations get a change. Do you know everybody is constantly still having these questions? So um, just remember that we're in it together. You know, we're all on the same team, we're all um, kind of up against this thing. And you really just have to take it one day at a time, truly one day at a time. Um, and sometimes it has to be one hour at a time, and sometimes it has to be one minute at a time. If you have to slow things down just to get through, that's what you got to do. Um, but there is more importantly than ever, um, a a prioritization to preserve our mental health. You have to find the thing that brings you peace and the thing that is gonna get you through the uncertain times. For me, it's been the outdoors. um, And that's what I preach to everybody is go get some fresh air, go for a walk, go sit on your deck and read a book, go sit by the water, at Branstoke Lake, our little ocean in Nebraska, <laughs> um, you know, there truly are like, there's a scientific basis for getting outside and getting some vitamin D and getting that fresh oxygen. Um, it is so, so, so important. So one day at a time, get some fresh air, take a few minutes each day for yourself to just relax and recuperate in whatever way you find works for you.
2: No, that's that's definitely sage advice, Amanda. And and you're definitely the the bigger issue at hand and, and you know with the mental health and 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 COVID's here right now, but COVID's not going to be the, the last thing that we're gonna face. So you're you're spot on, you know, discover those ways, those outlets that you can spend time for yourself, spend time with your family, get that that mental break because it is so crucial um, for everyone's health and well-being. So you're spot on there. Definitely great advice.
1: I don't think I could have summed up this morning's conversation any, any better, right? Take it. It has to be one day at a time. Sometimes it's one hour or sometimes it's one minute. Uh, great way to start this uh, Wednesday morning here. And, and as we kind of come to close this morning, anything else you want to share with our listeners?
3: I am just, I'm in awe of you ladies. I am just, I can't get over that. I'm sitting here with a group of women talking about turkey hunting. I really just would encourage and, and reiterate to anybody, if if hunting is even something you're remotely interested in, to reach out to a friend or family member and just get out there and try it. And there's, there's no way to understand it truly until you have done it, until you have been there and experienced watching the world wake up and all the beauty that's around us all the time and just being submerged into another world. it's just, it's fascinating and it's very, very humbling and in the most beautiful way. Um, So get outdoors, go hunting um, and take care of your mental health. (laughs) That's awesome. And I mean, challenge yourself
1: to go find out how loud a songbird really can be. Yeah, it's, it's amazing until, until you sit out there and and do it yourself, you really don't know. And um, if you're even curious, ask somebody, hang out in the blind, hang out wherever next to them. um, And yeah, enjoy yourself. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to head over to the the, uh, klkntv.com and listen to Amanda's interview. It's, it was fascinating. it was really interesting and I enjoyed it. So I'm going to uh, encourage all of our listeners to go out there, learn a little bit more about Amanda um, that, that you might not have known. And and from all of us, thank you and, and the folks at your hospital so much for everything you've done for us. Um, and we're going to extend that out to, to Kansas and Nebraska um workers also and and the rest of the men and women in nebraska thank you um and all of our first responders out there taking care of us so um stay safe and and you heard it here first take care of that mental health
0: so with that toss it over to you julia and you know it's coming from a nurse this that's prescription like I, i think she could probably make a prescription her prescription to us is the outdoors go outdoors sign it give it to us and that's that's all you need you don't even have to go to the pharmacy for that right that's right <laughs> i mean you know when you print it when you print out those sheets that the discharge papers the discharge paper for all of us says go outdoors yes. one paper that's it that's your discharge paper right
3: there <laughs> discharge instructions done <laughs> done
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Amanda. And I ditto everything that Rachel just said, you know, appreciate your every day. You know, you, you were telling us that all the hours that you spend. Yeah. I, 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 I won't even go on any more than what Rachel said. So thank you for your time. Thank
3: you, ben. And
0: as Rachel had mentioned, her story is on, um, i will i'm going to drop that link into our facebook page and our website so that you can see her story there and explain it even in a little bit more detail um, i'm i'm gonna be dropping that picture her take them hunting picture as well so you know you can see that story behind that picture and behind the smile with her with her harvest So as we wrap up, I have a question for our listeners. And that question is, are you subscribed to our podcast? You know, as I look into the data into our our podcast, I see that a lot of our listeners are watching it straight from SoundCloud. So that tells me that our listeners are not fully subscribed to this podcast. And you may ask, you know, how do I do that? So there's this fun little apps that you can put on your phone, um, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, even SoundCloud has an app. And we're on those apps, you can subscribe. And by pushing that, literally, when we release our new episode weekly, it will drop automatically to your phone. Um, You don't have to go find us, well, we want you to find us on Facebook, but you, you know, it, it drops your phone, and you can listen to us whenever, wherever you are at. So I, I encourage, I um, strongly encourage our listeners to go do that. And also drop some reviews in there. The reviews is what, you know, that those reviews is what tells the world about us. Um, that's what pumps it up. You know, also your reviews will tell us, tell us what you want to hear more about, what you don't want to hear about, you uh, megan rachel tan and i were strong we want to hear it tell us if you know if there's something you want change do it that's what we want to hear and finally you know i gotta push our box this is we're approaching the last final days that our she goes outdoors fishing box will be available for purchase just in time for mother's day you know funny how Rachel, Megan, and I have been talking a lot about Mother's Day coming up. Find, you know, what an amazing gift. You can purchase mom, send straight to her. Uh, we have been spending a lot of time on literally this box is going to be packed full. So don't miss out on this opportunity with the day quickly approaching up. Get get it ordered for yourself for your mom for your aunts for whoever get it out there where you can purchase that box where you can learn more about our podcast is sgooutdoors.com you can also follow us on our Facebook and Instagram so thank you for listening and we will see you outdoors